Welcome to The Last Rung, a light-hearted podcast for the self-employed, getting to the heart of the many influences that can help you to thrive in your solo life and make the switch from an employed to a self-employed mindset. Unedited and uncensored, the inspirational chats with those who have taken the leap will provide realistic actions for you to take away, the chance to learn from others' experiences and help you see that you are not alone, even when working from the spare bedroom in your PJs and fluffy slippers and you haven't left the house for days. I'm Helen Hill, author of Falling Off the Ladder, owner of learning design business Unlikely Genius, business coach and co-founder of environmental initiative Be The Future. I'm now on a mission to help the self-employed really embrace the freedom that allows them to be fully themselves, to thrive and to leap off the last rung of the career ladder for the final time. Come and say hello at fallingofftheladder.com or over on Instagram where you can find me as Falling Off The Ladder. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like this episode. But first, let's introduce you to this week's guest. Our guest today is Dr. Lizzie Bernthal, a resilience specialist, confidence and leadership coach, cultural change expert and international speaker and author. She designs and delivers masterclasses, workshops and transformational one-to-one and group coaching programs all on a global scale. After 25 years in the Army as a health professional and senior officer, and with a PhD in psychological well-being, Dr Lizzie is on a mission to remove toxicity in the workplace. This is through supporting female authentic leaders to find the confidence, resilience and awesomeness already within them so that they can find their voice in the boardroom as they move from powerful to empowered. We're going to be talking about being open to opportunities, toxicity in the workplace, self-talk, creating a legacy and developing resilience and confidence. So welcome, Dr. Lizzie. How are you doing today? Yeah, great. Thank you so much. This is so exciting. So grateful to have you. Thank you. Oh, no worries. It's great to have yeah. you on here. Really excited to talk about some of these topics because they're all ones that are very close to my heart, I think we would say. Yeah, uh, trying exactly. to sound a bit too exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how about we get started with you just telling us a little bit about how you've ended up in self-employment? Yeah, so it's an in, yeah interesting actually because I never intended to end up in self-employment. Actually, <laughs> I never intended to have my own business ever. <laughs> so, um, so as you might be aware, I was in the army for twenty-five years. So my last job, um, I was head of resilience and uh, as a researcher and um, lecturer and so forth, and nurses and midwife by background. So actually, throughout my whole military career. Uh, looking back on it, I was really passionate about giving people a voice, uh, whether it was for vulnerable patients when I was a nurse and a midwife, to latterly when I was in research and head of, um, you know, empowerment and resilience. And I was also global head of nursing. So I was traveling around the world supporting nurses and their empowerment and their confidence and so forth. So I realized during my research and my t- teaching and my lecturing and my supporting that actually I was doing lots of coaching not realizing it was coaching. So for me, it became a natural, when I knew I was going to be leaving the army, I thought, right, I just want to do this full time. I love it, you know, work, work, delivering workshops and masterclasses and coaching and group coaching and all that kind of stuff. So I knew that was what I wanted to do. So I did my training course. Now, my plan when I left the army was I'd be joining a consultancy that actually would be perfect because they would just give me the work. I'd do what I love, turn up where they wanted me to turn up and uh, job done. Yep. <laughs> However, I happened to leave the army in 2018 where Brexit hit. So the consultancy kind of never happened. Right. 
Um, and so I thought, oh, best start, you know, maybe I need to find my own clients. So I ended up, you know, starting my business. And um, and then, of course, I got I got it really going, which is great, you know, face to face stuff. And then suddenly, you know, a year later, COVID hit. And I thought, oh, my goodness, having just got it going, vanish overnight, like so many of us. Uh, but I have to say, I've just really embraced it. And I think, yes, so the growth I've done has been just amazing. And I am a I feel I'm a very different. Well, it's interesting. We'll go on to this, I'm sure very different person I'm not a very different person I'm just the person I was before but I found bits in me that I didn't know I had so yes so that has been my my how I got into self-employment and now I just couldn't imagine ever having an employer you know I just I love it so yeah it's interesting how the universe God whatever you believe in takes you down a path if you're open to it that you don't expect and now it's amazing so I think you know um, um, we went into lockdown on the 21st of March, 23rd of March, remember it so well. And I thought, right, what can I do to help? And so I did my first Eventbrite, having never been online before, really. Uh, I thought, right, I've got to do an Eventbrite event, uh, learned out how to do it, to do a workshop on overwhelm to calm. And it just kind of built up from there, really. Yeah. yeah. Incredible, isn't it? I- the timing can seem disastrous yeah actually yeah the area you're in is needed so much right now yeah and it's amazing because now there's no boundaries I mean the only potential boundaries time but even now I was talking to Australia yesterday morning so you know workshops are open to everyone worldwide globally um, and really if you want to make a time limit that might be it at three o'clock in the morning. But even that, if you want to not do that, that's great. So it's been amazing in that respect. And now obviously we're moving back into a hybrid where we do a bit of face-to-face and, you know, a bit of online. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny because pre-pandemic, I was working with companies abroad and funny enough, since pandemic hit, I've gone the other way and I'm working mostly with British companies. But but the saying that my, yeah, the co-founder of Be The Future, she's just moved back to Australia during the pandemic. So we're working across, you know, the biggest time frame. We yeah, could that, have. That, that is quite a big time zone, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But so. we're actually finding it's really interesting because like there's opportunities opening up on Australian time zones yeah. to do talks and things. So she does those and I do the British ones and it actually doubles our market a little bit. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's funny how the changes can just, amazing. yeah, yeah, can help. So I love that. And I think a big thing there you've mentioned actually is about being open to opportunities because that's what I'm always saying to everyone. I had the squiggliest of careers, but the reason I've got where I am is because I kept saying yes to things, not in a pleasing people in a, yeah, I'll try that. That's a new route. I'm open to it. And it sounds like you've very much done the same because you've had very varied experiences, haven't you? Yes, and I, th- I love Richard yeah. Branson's quote, you know, say yes and work it out afterwards. So <laughs> yeah, I've always believed in that. I think, you know, I've always believed in grabbing ep- every opportunity. And if there's not one there, then you create it. And for an example for me is um, nurses were in the army. They weren't being funded to do PhDs. And I thought that was wrong because doctors were and nurses weren't. So I put up a case. For nurses to be funded and said right well if you're going to fund them can I be the first one and uh, it was great when I left the army there were nurses being funded every year for a PhD wow. so um, yeah so I think you just have to grab those opportunities and create them if they're not there 
And yeah. if anybody puts up a hurdle, I've always had the the philosophy: if you put up a hurdle, just jump higher. Yeah, yeah. Or as my sister always says to me, mostly when we go shopping and try stuff on, if you don't give it a go, you never know. <laughs> it, absolutely, so yeah. true. And then we never want to be in that rocking chair of regret, thinking no. if only I'd done this, or if only I'd done that. Just do yeah. it, and then if you if it doesn't work out, well, you get you know, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's very different to that thing where you, you hear it quite a lot in freelancers. If some people will take any job on and learn how to do the job later, it's not that as such, is it? Not like, you know, oh, I'll take on anything and everything. I'll just work it out. It's it's more about the bigger decisions of your career journey and actually just thinking that is a possibility for me. And I think I will enjoy this and throwing yourself in. Yeah, it's a mindset. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. a mindset. So yes, it's grabbing those opportunities and trusting where it will lead. You know, it might mm. not lead anywhere, but at least it actually, even though they're not, even if it doesn't lead anywhere, which actually is pretty rare, but I can't even think of a time when it hasn't led somewhere. But I think um, it's it's if it doesn't, well, you, you know, that's to be chopped off. It's like you know. Um, the light bulb you know Edson he thousands and thousands of times and then actually each one was well that didn't work I'll try another way another way another way so whatever we do is a learning opportunity no I've never thought failure is purely feedback that's all it is it's never you know a negative thing it's always right well that didn't work so what could I do differently next time love that because I, I I must admit I'm someone that did go through my career feeling like I was failing because I had to keep changing and because I wasn't finding that place where I belonged. Yeah. Or, uh, but when I look back on it now, I can see that if I hadn't gone into teaching, I wouldn't have gone into e-learning and I wouldn't have got to where I am now to have my own business. So although I was destroyed by teaching and by yeah. another experience as well in the workplace, actually they are what have made me set up my business and now you know I'm so much happier and although they were horrendous experiences I wouldn't wish on anyone yeah <laughs> at the same time yeah you've got to take those positives from from those negatives haven't you yeah and actually I've just been working through it now recently actually last couple of years you know fear of failure has always been my driver but actually, mm. that's that helped me succeed. So I know for a fact that I did my for, for my PhD because I had such fear of failure. I had to prove to myself that I could do it, partly yeah. because I was told at school, not intelligent enough for university. So forget all that. So great satisfaction going back to school to tell them I had a master's and a PhD and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, yeah, I think a failure can be a great driver. But it, obviously, it's a bit of a painful way to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't recommend it as no. a driving mechanism, but it is it is amazing what can come out of it. It if is a you, driver. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't wallow in it, if you know, have your wallowing moment, fine, but then use it to push yourself forwards. And that's something that I'm constantly trying to tell people. And to be honest, I'm going to be listening back to this in a week or two because I'm changing direction a little bit right now. And mine is a fear of this new route failing that it's just totally been like holding me back and clinging on to some other things yeah, so exactly. yeah we can cling on to dear life but actually it's the letting go that that's when the power comes yeah right I'm doing that later then <laughs> I am letting go <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I've had the conversation so many times this week and then it was just like right no I've got to do it now I've got to do it <laughs> I keep telling other people exactly. to do it and actually that this is the biggest thing about developing an unshakable mindset is that you do it no matter what 
So even when you have the fear, in fact, the fear becomes a driver because I'm, I'm learning every day that when we all have those fears, we all have that, oh my goodness, I'm, I can't do this. But actually, that's the moment where you have the breakthrough when you keep doing it anyway. Yeah. And don't yeah. retreat because when we don't retreat, when we, then we beat ourselves up to say, oh, um, I'm a failure, I'm not good enough. Why didn't I do that? You know, that awful negative like sub language that we say to ourselves. So if we just keep pushing through, suddenly we've come through the other side. And I always, I, I hate the term comfort zone because it's never comfortable. I always call it the familiar zone because that's all it is. It's just what's familiar. And, you know, our growth, we all know our growth is the other side of the familiar zone. So it's just pushing through that fear to the other side. And then it's just magical. Yeah. And I, there's a big thing isn't there that you know as kids we're not as worried we live very much in the moment but then you know from I don't know at some turning point in childhood or oh, adolescence it's perfectionism seven. and it's yeah, Six yeah. Seven is when, when, right. well, by, by seven is generally when we've got our beliefs set up mm. yeah so but I mean that self-talk I mean I'm as guilty of that as anybody I mean mine mine never stops but like <laughs> How do you think is the best way to kind of try and quiet that? How, what have you used to work on it? Yeah, I think self-talk is a fact. I'm always fascinated about self-talk. I think there's two things going on there. I think number one, it is you'll never silence it. So it's accepting that it's, it's never silence. But I talk about turning the dial down. So it's like, a, you know, a radio going on in the background and a frequency. So you're not necessarily listening to the words of the songs, but it's in the background. And so... I think also it's having that really awareness that our brain is there to protect us. Unfortunately, in the process of protecting us, it's not always helpful. So all it's doing is don't do that, don't do that, it might be nasty. You know, like doing a tax return, don't do a tax return, it's really unpleasant, <laughs> just don't do it. And then suddenly January comes and you think, oh gosh, a letter from the tax office is worse, I'm going to get my tax return done. And then it takes two hours and you think, why have I, why have I not done this for, for six months? Yeah. So it's noticing the language. And I think what we can really, really help ourselves by noticing what we're asking ourselves or what's going on in that conversation, is it empowering us or disempowering us? And I talk about a switch. So switch it or like flipping the side of a coin. What's the other side of the coin? And then we can start noticing whether the language is empowering or disempowering us. And we have a choice, even though sometimes we don't feel we have a choice but we always have a choice. Yeah, certainly a choice in your, yeah, your response to it. Yeah, because yeah. like, I do um, talk quite a bit about reframing thoughts and I suppose yeah. that's the same thing, isn't it? Of just, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it's, 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 there are certain words that really don't help. Why? Unless it's your purpose, because that's why you do <laughs> what you do. Other than that, we should not be using the, the word why because why is really accusing. Why yeah. can't I do this? Why am I so hopeless? Why did I muck that up? Whereas if we ask how, that's way more empowering. How can I make this better or what? What can I learn from this? So it's simple things like noticing the words we're using and realising that ain't that I'm not going to talk about that word because that actually doesn't help me. Yeah. It should for me. I know I should do this. I shouldn't yeah. do that. 
Now, and I've been picked is, up on that. Yeah. Yes. Now, should <laughs> is really interesting because I do lots of workshops about morality and integrity. Now, what I mean by that is not like do you steal things or not steal things. Um, integrity is an engineering term. It means whole and complete, like a bit of metal. And so it's if you think of a, of a bicycle wheel, if it's an integrity, it rolls quite freely. If it's a bit bent, it gets a bit jagged. And so therefore yeah. doesn't, so it's what you can do to get it whole and whole and complete again. So when we talk about should, should is immorality when we're always making ourselves wrong or making other people wrong. And it feels really heavy. Yeah. Whereas if we use the word should, if we change that to choose, yeah. it's so much more liberating. And we can feel it in our body, whether it feels like a ton weight or it feels light and airy. Yeah, no, it's true. It's applicable to so many things, isn't it? Because I, I mean, in one of the other episodes that I recorded a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about like even food choices and how we say, "Oh, I'm going to be good today," or "Oh, that was bad," or "That was naughty," and we really kind of yeah, put the naughty this value that yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's where I put Graham sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, the, if you just had a bar of chocolate in it, it suddenly becomes a naughty cupboard. Yeah. Whereas if it was an apple, it would be the good cupboard, which is crazy yeah. because you can, it's everything we all know is sort of moderation and stuff. So, yes. And then, of course, how can you enjoy a piece of chocolate if it's come out the naughty cupboard and you know you shouldn't be eating it? Yeah. And it makes you want it more because yeah. it's naughty. Yeah. I've been really good today. I'm going to be naughty now. I'm going to treat myself. Yeah, exactly. Post to just I'm having a piece of chocolate. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. I'm having a piece of chocolate. Yeah. We piece. just make these stories <laughs> up. It's awful. Yes. The stories yeah. we pick up can be really, really detrimental. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And we, we do pick it up so young, don't we? And that's why it's hard to break, isn't it? It's so ingrained that you don't realise you're doing it. It just becomes daily language of, I should do this now. I should do that. And the guilt and try is another one try is another word which you've banned unless it's rugby you can use it in rugby <laughs> other than not because whenever you say tr trying is lying you know i'm going to try and get to the gym well you've already decided that actually you're going to have a get out clause you're either going to the gym or you're not going to the gym yeah i'll remember that one tomorrow too <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow's gym day <laughs> It's too yeah, yet it's really empowering yet it's i can't do maths yet well it doesn't mean i'm not ever going to do it i'm just not doing it well right now yeah that was something that in this mentoring i'm doing with the young girls like they've you know talked to us about language and things and you know if, if they say things like i can't do maths it's you know changing it to i need it's to practice so more limiting. or yeah yeah and you can do some you might just struggle with harder bits so it's you, like you can't do maths yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think maths is a really good example because it's got such a mystique with I can't do it. Well, can you add two and two? Can you can you cook? Do you do use a recipe? Yeah, you know, there's true. all sorts of things in life that you use maths for, but because it's cooking, you don't see it as maths. Yeah. But yeah. can you double a recipe, half a recipe, you know, make it for four people opposed to two? I bet yeah. you can most days yeah. <laughs> I've had the odd disaster but yeah most days yeah. <laughs> but this is the stories we tell ourselves yeah and it's often sadly it's from teachers that tell us we can or we can't do something that we can do everything if we choose to do it 
it just not, might not be something we enjoy well that's okay yeah yeah that's true and yeah I mean having worked in as a teacher yeah in my past you know there's so much pressure on them to do things in such an exact rigid way and they pass that on absolutely that you know you're either good or you're bad at something or you know you're barely in the middle unless you're into the you could get an A or something you know but and I suppose this that's the case with with a lot of things like I find that in the whole workplace culture it was just too structured rigid. and linear yeah. yeah rigid for me I think it's a yes or a no it's you know it's a black or a white it's a mm. yeah very binary you either pass or you fail you know mm. And it must have been like that in the army. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think failure is just not an option. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So, yeah, it is. And I think, yes, but I think it, they help. There's lots of learning in the process. To make yeah. Sure oh, yeah. So. Did you find yeah. that a huge mindset shift then to go from that world to now running your own business and being in control of everything? Uh, I think... Yeah, it's interesting. I think I've had lots of reflection about this. I think the army is amazing because it has lots of discipline. But what I did notice when I left, that actually there's a difference between organisational discipline and personal discipline. Yeah. Because I noticed that, you know, if anybody at work ever gave me a deadline, I'd always easily beat it by a long, always intended you know will you give me a deadline I'll do it a week before or do it the day before whatever I ne- and I was notorious for, for always beating any deadline so yeah. I had to be quite careful because oh she'll beat that so we'll make it shorter you know so I had to be careful of that but yeah so if it's somebody else's deadline never an issue I didn't notice when I was my own business I was generating deadlines that I wasn't meeting because they were my deadlines so it didn't have such an impact than letting someone else down. Yeah. And then I really switched my thinking. I thought, actually, if I don't do this, I'm letting my clients. I mean, it wasn't, if it was a client, of course, I would never miss a deadline. But yeah. I was thinking in terms of the bigger picture of the impact I want to make on the world. So, for example, I'm, I'm writing my book at the moment. And, it, and I went through a phase where it felt really indulgent because this is something I love doing. <laughs> And I, it wasn't directly client related. So I wasn't actually physically coaching someone at the time. So I wasn't adding gold at that moment. And then I realized, actually, this isn't having an impact because I'm getting my message out to more people. So therefore, if I don't get this written, I'm not able to deliver my message. So therefore, that has, is having an impact. So I don't know, we go through these conversations in our heads all the time, don't we? We do. And I, I find that at the moment because like one client I've been working for for so so long like pretty much since I went self-employed and we're kind of at that wrapping up phase but the urgency's gone because of various implications with COVID and stuff so I've not been set a deadline so it's just the thing that gets put off and off and off and off and I just sat down this week and thought if I don't do this now if I don't set myself a deadline and stick to it it will never get done and then like you say I've started to get worried about they must be thinking well where is it even though they've not given me a deadline because I've just prioritised other things. So sometimes it, you do need to kind of just re, well, again, reframe that thought, don't you? Okay, I don't have a deadline. They're not expecting it by a certain day, but you know what? I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it out this week because then they'll be happy and, and it's the project's complete. And it's definitely a, a thing that's worth looking at when you're procrastinating, which I've done for weeks now. 
I think what was really interesting about the army is everything's to a deadline. Yeah. And I and I didn't realize that just because obviously it's something I was used to, I found that really when we when I left the army, I was generating deadlines and putting pressure on myself for deadlines that actually weren't there. And so it's classically emails. You know, we get hundreds of emails coming through our inbox. And because in I was brought up within the army of like clear inbox every day because you never know what crisis is going to happen the next day. So clear it, and especially working in health, you never know what casualty is going to come in. So make sure you've dealt with this casualty, give the best care you can, and then ready for the next one. So it was all this whole kind of mental attitude of like clear, 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 clear. And I was putting huge pressure on myself to clear, 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 clear still. And yet this is a whole different animal having your own business. And so that was an interesting thing for me that I was feeling I wasn't, I was not meeting my deadlines because I hadn't responded to somebody's email within three hours or whatever it was, which I would normally have to do. It was like, actually, no one doesn't bother me if it's another week, you know, I mean, obviously it depends on the email, but, you know, I think it's interesting how, I've noticed that people tend not to give a deadline so much than I was used to. Yeah, and sometimes you've got to watch with certain clients when you work for yourself that they will say, oh, this is urgent. And actually, when you explore it, it's not. And, you know, they'll be wanting you to stay up all night to do it. it? Exactly. (laughs) Is that urgent for your misorganisation or is it urgent because it's urgent? Yeah. And yes, I think that's it can work both ways, isn't it? Somebody's urgency is just because they've not been that organized and realized they need it and they hadn't told you. Or is it because it's urgent because it really matters? And that's where you need the clarification. Yeah. Or because they've got to the end of the budget year and realize yeah. they've got money left and then they go, oh, let's create some e-learning, Helen. <laughs> it's the 30th of March and the budget ends on the yeah. 31st. Oh, my goodness, we've got this money to spend. Let's just spend it very quickly. Yeah. I mean, if you want to spend it on me, that's yeah, fine by me. But yeah, you know, <laughs> but I'm not going to get it done in a day. So, yeah, it's there's so many things that just you learn about yourself going along, don't you? About yeah, yeah the oh, the so things much. you put off, the things that you know. I'm a beggar for pushing certain things down and down the list, which is why I've now got a VA because she will do yeah. the stuff that I push down. And I mean, yeah. it's even a trial to get me to email her with this stuff sometimes but like... I'm exactly the same I think it's been great having a VA because you have to give them the information in order to get on with a job so it's you know giving them the work to do so yes that's that's a good discipline to actually make sure that they've got what you want them to do yeah yeah and it's they're a great support to have aren't they I mean I think it's been quite a, a game changer for me particularly you know, once I'd written the book and all the promo that goes with it and stuff like that, that's like a full-time job. So it's great that someone else can help yeah, you with that yeah. stuff and and take it on. And yeah. oh god, still need to get yeah. back on that train at the moment. But like, yeah, yeah but amazing, you achieved it. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. But talking of self deadlines, that was one. I decided a date and I was going for it. I was, you know, and even my mentor kept saying, "You've assigned this date yourself. You can change it." I was like, "Nope." I'm because I know I will right put it deadline. Off. It just you just do whatever it takes. It has to has to matter though, doesn't it? That's the thing. And I think when we when we don't get on with stuff, it's actually because either we have that resistance because it's we have that fear kicking in, or actually it's really not that important. Yeah, and that's why I've started with the do, delay, delegate, 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 and what's the other one? 
I talk about do it, stitch it or delegate it. Yeah, I've, I've got four, but I can never remember what the fourth one is <laughs> off the top of my head. Because <laughs> I wonder if you started doing this. But yeah, it's that thing of, because it does make you think, actually, if I didn't do this thing, would it matter? And sometimes you just think, no, it wouldn't. So either don't do it or pass it on to my VA or, yeah, yeah just delete, delete. Because <laughs> yeah. I will keep coming up with jobs for myself all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, there's a, there's a couple more things, yeah. Um, but one thing is that I often say to people, just because you didn't fit into that world of that corporate world, that rigid structure, you're not yeah. broken. Because I was led to feel very broken. Yeah. Um, and I know this is something you talk about a lot. Yeah. So can you tell us more about what you do in that field? Yes. So um, I passionately believe that we're all whole and complete. I know you do as well, mm. that nothing's broken and nothing needs to be fixed. However, we have those stories often embedded from childhood with those limiting beliefs that we have from childhood that makes us feel we're broken. And the thing about that is it might be something really insignificant, um, that seemed insignificant at the time, but has a massive impact on life later on. So I work with um, female leaders who find their difficulty to find their voice in the boardroom. And actually, sometimes it might be something really simple, like when they were seven or eight, they put up their hand in class and the teacher knocked them down and said, actually, you've got that wrong. And they think, right, OK, I won't put up my hand again. And then suddenly they can't speak up in a boardroom sort of 30 years on. So I think it's the stories that we make up that can have um and I talk about gardening you know when we're having coaching conversations it's plucking out all those weeds finding those blind spots so we don't even know we've got and then having that awareness and then suddenly it's like water over mosaic because when our brain is hardwired to look for negativity which it naturally is it looks for all the evidence and there's plenty of evidence but we ignore all the other evidence we just notice oh I mucked up there again oh I didn't speak up at that meeting oh I I shouldn't I should have been more assertive in my email or blah 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 and it's really just that conversation to say whoa hang on a minute these are just stories you're making up let's just put it into perspective and then once they realize, often, unfortunately, it's because they've been in a toxic environment and they've got a boss that's not their confidence, which then they think is nothing. They don't even realize they've had a toxic boss. They think it's actually because they're not good enough because of that story when they were seven. And then once we unpick that through a conversation and they realize, actually, this is not this is not you. This is the environment, the culture you're in it's whoa and they kind of it's just so amazing to see them suddenly soaring because they suddenly realize I've got it all within me it's not my not my issue that's been the most common thing with these girls we're working with year eight girls in my old secondary school and they've all had to do these questionnaires about how you know they feel about various things and the most common thing is that they will not put their hand up in class yeah you know and yes. if that's been formed by that age yeah. yeah exactly and it is it's it's generally by the age of seven generally the sit between six and ten is when we really embed those beliefs and we misinterpret so yeah so what a teacher will naturally say oh you, you didn't get that right or whatever and I'm sure very care compassionate teacher that child can interpret that, well, I always get things wrong. I can't, I won't, I won't speak up because I don't want to get it wrong again. And, and the embarrassment of and doing it in front of the whole class and all that stuff. 
So suddenly that they make you can make up that story as a child and that's it. You know, until we start having that conversation as an adult to say, is that really the case? Maybe not. Maybe it's just that one little bit of evidence. What else have you succeeded? Oh, I did. And it's so dismissed because when you succeed, you don't really notice it. But when you don't succeed, then that becomes the focus. Yeah, it's it's interesting because people like have often said to me recently especially after the book launch and stuff of oh you're really confident and you go on camera and you develop and they just make this assumption that I'm quite extrovert and actually there's quite a bit of me that's introvert but yeah I keep saying to people you would not believe the difference in me from three or four years ago to now because four years ago working in that toxic world I would not yeah. put my hand up much because I knew I was going to get battered down for it yeah. but even yeah. going back to secondary school when I think in French once for some reason the teacher picked out just three people that had to prepare and do a presentation and I was one of them I had the most epic meltdown of my life prior yeah. to going into school that day and my mum actually took me out of school because of it I was that bad and it was because for a start I'd been singled out as one of three that needed to do it for some reason the whole class didn't have to and one of my biggest school bullies was in that class and I knew that she would have you know quite a bit of something to say afterwards so it's things like that where that obviously had such an impact on me and I didn't dare speak up until I was about 28 and then even then not properly until I've gone self-employed yeah and yeah it is definitely worth sitting and just reflecting on those experiences isn't it yeah so that that's what I do with my coaching I take Mm. them and when you get the right spot you know you've got the right spot because you can see either they you know the client gets emotional and then we talk (laughs) through that or it's like a light bulb blows off and when it's the right spot they can smell the carpet they know the color of the carpet they know who was there they know the name of everybody was there they're all straight back into that scene yeah and then you know that that's that's the moment where everything changed for them. Yeah. Wow. If only the positive experiences were as powerful, eh? <laughs> yeah, and it's just because our brain's hardwired for protection and for negativity. Mm-hmm. So um, it's unfor- it is just how our brain works because it's it's back to that survival for when tigers and lions were chasing us and we had to run and sprint, fear, fight, and flight to survive. And it's unfortunately, it's no longer tigers, thank goodness. And it's <laughs> emails and deadlines and people and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think I'd rather have the tigers. I'm <laughs> trying to cuddle them. I won't survive long, but <laughs> come, come and have a cuddle. Oh, the tiger. Oh, you've frozen. Oh, it's frozen. Yeah, no, I think it's back now. Yeah, it's, um, I totally lost my train of thought then with what saying I wanted to cuddle tigers for a start. Yeah. <laughs> It's not the best yeah, idea, yeah. but yeah. I, have a, I have a track record with animals and getting attacked by yeah. them because I get too close. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's what was I going to say? I totally lost. No, I, was I, lost just, I was just talking. I was just talking about the fact that you know prehistorically with tigers mm. and lions and and that fear, fight, and flight. And now it's no longer that. It's emails mm. and deadlines and people and you know just day to day juggling of children and life and jobs and work and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And what, you know, once somebody comes aware of that moment and that thing and this light bulb goes on, what are the next steps for them to progress? 
Yeah. So the next steps is it can be it's generally really powerful and suddenly you think, oh, my God. And then, oh, my goodness. And then it's OK. Well, where else has that shown up? And I think, oh, my God, it was there and there and there and there and there and then there. I think, oh, my goodness, that's the same story. And then once they have this awareness of where it's shown up, oh, my goodness, it was by the dishwasher last night. And, and oh, it's happened here, <laughs> it happened here and happened here. And then it's, whoa, OK. And it's so liberating because suddenly they're now looking at it from an adult perspective and not a child. And I talk about putting your little inner child lovingly in the back seat because up to that point, their inner child, their little eight year old self has been running the show. And it's it's loving that little one and then pushing them back. So actually, I also get them to put a photograph of if they've got a little photograph of themselves as a child when they were laughing and happy, then put it on their laptop or on their phone or wherever. And it just reminds them when you're having that really negative self-talk, would you talk to that little girl or little boy like that? No, you wouldn't. So don't talk to yourself like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing how much the old photos can come in as a powerful tool actually I've done a yeah. few things of that recently yeah yeah I'll use one of the ones where I'm little and bright white haired rather than the teen ones <laughs> yeah no I mean it's, it's when it needs to be when you're sort of under the age of six yes. right of, yeah yeah when you're a little yeah. you know little girl or boy or if you're that if that's not you know possible or you don't feel comfortable then if you've got a re a small child that you're really close to like your own children or nieces and nephews or friends children you know some really significant children in your life have a picture of them or or one of them and then just it's just a reminder that actually no I wouldn't talk to you like that so no I'm not going to talk to myself like that yeah that's cute so one of the things there that it's funny it's something my partner used to say to me when I was in the throes of you know panic attacks and feeling at my worst is when you think about this negativity and stuff as well if you focus on it too much it does become a self-fulfilling prophecy doesn't it yeah. it's you push yourself yeah. towards these things happening again because you just think oh it's going to happen and you almost make it happen yeah where whereas recently I've started to get quite into this manifesting thing which I just thought was so woo-woo a while ago and I was just like no 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 you know the universe isn't giving you anything kind of thing but actually I've really discovered that since I've you know set new goals and tried to push myself towards them these things have happened organically they've be and then it just I suppose it goes back to what we're talking about at the beginning doesn't it of making yourself open for these things coming yeah energy I mean I'm really passionate about this you know I'm really passionate about the law of attraction all that kind of stuff right. even though you know religious as well we are all energy mm. and and basically I totally believe everything's there waiting for us but it's our own energy that blocks it off if we don't feel we deserve it yeah so I'm just frozen again oh just froze again yeah. then. um <laughs> So it's all to do with our energy. So I believe we are, we only use scratch the surface of our capability. It's our own self doubts that stop us and stop that's not feeling we deserve. So once we start developing that unshakable belief that we do deserve and we're good at what we do and we can make a difference. And this is where having a strong vision and purpose comes in then it takes us out of ourselves to just get on with it. And that can be the magic, really. Yeah, I think the vision and purpose and the values 
been a bit of a game changer since like I started to implement those because I do I mean I've always said I wing it to a certain extent but again if you can be winging it but still heading towards a certain goal with because I'm not one for rigid plans like I said before that was why I left that world of rigid can't get the word out (laughs) um yeah and I think some people think you have to commit to it 100% and just go for this rigid goal still don't you but you know I reflect on them every year if not more than that and adapt it as needed it doesn't have to be this concrete five-year plan that everyone tells you you should do as a business owner (laughs) yeah and I think the most important thing is 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 I always talk about because I'm always a bit anti-goals which most business um, people think is awful but I think I I always believe it's who do you need to be not or or how do you Mm. need to achieve that not not the goal itself because if you think about who's the best version of me how can I be the best version of me those goals will just naturally happen and the most important thing for me is having a clear understanding of your vision and your purpose and the legacy you want to create and then that is so much bigger than a list of tasks which I see goals very much can be tasks now you do need to have them in order to achieve your bigger goal however and this is where breaking it down can make it really manageable to stop the overwhelm that is to me is the magic is the whole who do you need to be or what's the best version of me What's the best version of me? And I would uh, talk, get my clients to have a think in the morning. What's the best version of me today to achieve what I need to achieve? And that's that's exciting. It's empowering. It's not, oh, my God, I've got 25 lists on my to-do list to do, which is really heavy and, oh, too much ever, too much hard work. Yeah, and it takes, I think when you just see it as tasks, it's very separate from you isn't it whereas yeah, yeah to yeah. actually think job to be done opposed to a part of your mission to generate an impact mm, yeah because I love the whole legacy thing I must admit on, our, on the other podcast um, for be the future we it's the last question we always ask about what do you want your legacy yeah. to be and it's some people are really like oh I don't know but actually we yeah. do know even if you've not sat and thought about it there's something you want to aim for and yeah to have that aim down and you know a lot of people keep saying to me hey, why do you do so much how are you doing so much stuff and it's like because I know what I want to do and what yeah. I do want to leave on the world and because I've got f- causes I want to fight for now whereas if you've not actually sat and clarified that and you do just see it as I this is why I'm not money based of I want to earn six figures that to yeah. me isn't isn't about legacy and that will naturally come when you're when you're on your mission to make a difference and I think I think it's so sad so many don't feel they have a right to have a le- create a legacy because it seems oh I'm not big enough for that and we all need to have even if it's you know being a great mother or, or supporting my parents or whatever it is you know it's it's having something outside of ourselves of the impact we want to make oh I love that yeah yeah it is and and staying connected to it, not just, you know, yeah. writing it on a piece of paper and a notebook. The best mother I can be. It doesn't have to be say, I'm going to end world poverty or, <laughs> you know, something yeah. huge. It can be something that I want my daughter to wake up knowing that she's the best version of herself and I've helped her in that process. That's an amazing legacy to have. Oh, God. yeah, yeah. 
especially anything where I think you know you're impacting either family that need it or youngsters and the next generation it's it's so important because there's so much they have to deal with now that if you can just do that one thing and make them feel comfortable and loved that's huge saves a whole lot of therapy later on yeah yeah true (laughs) god knows how much that'll cost yeah (laughs) yeah no that's true so in terms of um which one was i on to well to be honest we've done that so in terms of like these younger people then and ourselves how is the best way to go about developing resilience and feeling more positive um because i'll be honest resilience for me is a bit of a word i feel like i was bashed around the head with by someone i used to work for who used to be horrible and then say I needed to be more resilient well I wouldn't have needed to be more resilient if you know, yeah. I wasn't in that toxic workplace yeah. but then you know there's a boundary there between what's your own responsibility and what someone else's but yeah so what is a good step towards developing yeah. your resilience I mean I think just to explain what I see of resilience resilience to me is a capacity to adapt successfully in the presence of risk and adversity so, and we, we've all shown over the last two years how we can do that. I mean, enormously. And so part of that process, we have a bit of resistance of denial. That this isn't happening. I can't believe this is happening, that we're in lockdown and blah, 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 blah. And then we have that process of recovery where we start acknowledging it's happening. Well, how do I need to deal with this? Like, okay, maybe I need to get take my business online. And then we have that process of reconfiguration of like, okay, where I am now. I think we always talk about, you know, here so often bouncing, bouncing back. We never bounce back because we're never the same person. We're none of us are the same people as you were two years ago. We I talk about bouncing forward. And so where resilience comes in is trusting that we have it within us to cope with whatever we have to cope with. And that to me is resilience. So yes, we hear it banded around all the time. You need to be more resilient. What, what it means is, and of course it's, it by def, it's, it's actually from an engineering term of metal that go, goes back to where it was before. So that's where the term resilience starts. And then actually an engineering term of, of how, if you, if you kind of damage a bit of metal, how quickly can it sort of return back to what it was before? So we've just adapted it in terms of emotional and, and for our, so I think that's where it's, it's, and it's so related to confidence because, and it's so related to trust. So, and I think where I think we sometimes forget is resilience is looking back to see how well you've coped or not as the past. So in resilience to me is, um, if looking back think right well it's amazing what I cope with then I never thought then I was going to cope with x y or z I got through it well if I got through it then I can get through it now and this is where you know the last two years no one would have expected the last two years ever we, it's no. like a, I keep thinking I'm not so much now but it was in a film set yeah like a film set and so we coped with it we are human. We can. We have an incredible capacity for coping things we don't expect. So it's having that confidence that whatever I'm hit with, I will deal with it. Now it might not be pleasant. It might not be what we wanted, but we do have the ability. We're still standing. We're still eating, <laughs> walking, living, whatever. 
you know, and obviously tragically some aren't because of COVID, but that's that's nothing to do with resilience. That's where well, it's partly the fact of how healthy you are and all that kind of stuff. So is it, that's a whole nother story. But, you know, I think that's to me where, that's to me is true resilience. Yeah. Is, I like the idea of that you're not going back to be that same person again, because you never will be. No, that, you never will be. We're always yeah. growing. We're always growing. I always believe we're justifying or, or dying so we may as well grow so we may as well grow because if we're justifying we're not actually necessarily growing we're blaming other people yeah um so yes yeah, so that's that's what i see resilience is having the trust in ourselves that we will cope or whatever and i think um i've just been doing some work recently um on sleep and i just wrote an article yesterday sleep is a really really good example where we can make up these stories we need okay ideally we do need seven to eight seven to eight hours sleep a night that's great but we pan, we know the number of times we wake up oh i've only had six hours sleep i'm panicking i'm not going to get through the day you get through the day without any problem yeah. so that to me is 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 trusting you know having that different conversation in the morning if you wake up feeling tired and that's obviously a whole story as to whether you feel you actually are you just think you are but i think you know you, you will get through the day there's no question you'll get through the day so that to me is part of resilience having that trust okay i haven't had a great night's sleep tonight i've got this really important meeting i will still perform at that meeting or yeah. i'll still do whatever i need to do today because it's a decision you've made. Yeah, I'm going to perform no matter what. Yes, yeah. I might feel a bit needing a bit more coffee, or I might need a bit more <laughs> energy, or I might need more something. But okay, I, I you know, I will perform. Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, what resilience is. is having gone is, through life being an insomniac, yeah, you can do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that to me is what resilience is: that you get on and you do it no matter what you pick yourself up and every time things don't work and actually when you think a great example of resilience is is babies and children learning to walk you know yeah. they don't sit on their bottom first time they stand up right that's it never i'm never going to walk <laughs> i'm never going to sit on my bottom ever again because they haven't got that cognitive fear they just get off, fall on their bottom, stand up again, fall. And seeing a child learning to ride a bike, they fall off, get bruises, goodness knows what. Eventually, woo, I can do it. That's yeah. resilience. Not giving yeah. up when it doesn't work the first time. Yeah, and there's so many things wrapped up in that, like that perfectionism and everything, isn't it? You've got to yeah. do it perfect first time or you give up or, or what are people yeah. thinking? But nobody's caring. Nobody's caring. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's the messy, not right. You know, it can be mm. very messy process, but we'll get there in the end. And oh, I love it. I love a happy accident. I love it when you do something and then it actually comes out better than what you planned anyway because you did it wrong. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no such thing as wrong. It's just different to how you anticipated it to be. Yeah, yeah. That was something I used to really have to work on with, like, A-level age students with their design work that they just would not put something on paper, like, to draw anything out of that if it wasn't going to be perfect. And I was like, are you kidding? Come on, let's make a mess. Let's make a mess. <laughs> that's the best yeah, way to get going. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And that's creativity, and that makes it mm. it's liberating. Yeah. 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 So 
I think, oh, well, I mean, I could talk to you all day, to be honest, about this stuff. I absolutely love it. But I've got three quick fire end questions yeah. we'll, we'll ask yeah. you. Yeah. So the first one being in the spirit of the self-employed community being awesome, name someone our listeners should connect with or follow. I think, and yeah, I think in order to answer that question, slightly politician, not giving a direct answer of a name, <laughs> I think it depends what you want to know about. Yeah. So, for example, if you want to know about identifying your vision, your purpose, Simon Sinek has got to be your guy. Yeah. If you want to know about courage and vulnerability in leadership, Brenny Brown has got to be your woman. And so, but if it's things like being a female entrepreneur, Carrie Green is incredible. So she's a, she's a female entrepreneur and she has a, a fantastic group. So I think, um, and if it's your money mindset, there's Catherine Morgan that, you know, unpicks all those money traumas. So in answer to your question, I think it really depends on what, it's not a question, it's not like everything, it's not a simple self self-employment yeah. because it's what is it about the self-employment that your challenge is it your mindset is it because you don't know your direction is it you know in which case you look for a business person that can give you guidance you know Tony Robbins and you know so I think I think it's it's never as simple as a one size fits all because we oh, all know no. running a business has got so many levels to it mm-hmm. but all I would say is look for the person that's who you want to be so who has achieved what you want to achieve now if it money's your driver who's a multi-millionaire if it's um being the best version of someone who you aspire how they speak well look at look at a world-renowned speaker or even um we were talking on, on another episode about Diane Wiridu, who did the most amazing talk on the marketing meetup in their Tuesday morning webinars. Never seen anything like it. And she fired everyone up. So just finding people like that yeah, who you exactly. just come watching on. Go onto YouTube and yeah. Google what you're what you're struggling with, whether it's confidence or mindset or self-belief or or creating wealth or whatever, whatever problem. I mean, obviously, YouTube started off with how to sort of change a plug and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> YouTube is a fantastic platform for so much free stuff of how to do something. And your TED Talks are awesome. So TED yeah. Talks are a fantastic way to, to find all sorts of people that you would never have heard of, but they're exploring the subject that you want to know more of. And when you say the person you want to be, I'm Brené. I want Brené. I want to yeah. be Brené. Oh. <laughs> I know she's on my vision board she's just there you know I just I think she's the most awesome person yeah just listening to Atlas of the Heart at the moment and reading it my new tip is to listen as you read and it goes in a lot more actually but um yeah Yeah. she's awesome love her um so the second one in fact you might have I think you've already given quite a few but name a resource that you have found really helpful I think um I think again it's it depends on what your Mm. what your issue is I think the power of why Simon Sinek is an awesome book I think the one book I love as well which is um by Dan Sullivan and it's who not how and he talks about we all need a who in our life and not how we focus as and this is really important as business owners we so focus on the how to do x y and z really what we should be focused on who can help me do that 
So Uh if you think of um, a tennis player, a top tennis player in the world, you know, Nadal, amazing tennis players, they have a whole team of who's who are helping them get to the top of their game. So, yes, you know, they might need to be taught how to do a powerful serve, but they need a who in order to teach them how to do a powerful serve. Yeah. Uh, right, because I thought you were going to say the who is in it. Who am I doing it for? But yeah, the who. Yeah, no, it's get the who, not how. So I think that's, that, that's a real lesson I've learned is hmm. rather than asking yourself, how do I do this? Who can help me do this? Yeah, yeah. And I suppose, again, though, this comes back to things like having people like a VA, an accountant, and advisors for all different things, a mentor. I mean, I'm training to be a coach and I've got two coaches of my own that I work with for different reasons. And that's been a a huge learning curve to uh, how powerful that is to just have someone question your thoughts that you think, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm sorted. And then they'll just ask you that one question. You think, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, I last year I had so. four coaches. I had a mindset coach because I mean, all, <laughs> we all need a mindset coach. Business yeah. coach. Who I, st- I mean, a business coach. I've also got a book coach. Yeah. And I've got a marketing coach because I don't, you know, I don't know enough about marketing. So I had can't possibly learn to do marketing. And and you know, having a VA is a classy example. She can rattle off a Canva post in seconds, which takes me all morning. So. Yeah. It is, and I, I'm learning, learning all the time that you know, outsource your weaknesses and build on your strengths. Why spend hours and hours and hours learning to do something that somebody else could do really quickly for half the time and half the money? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I 100 yeah. percent agree. That's yeah, and the relief when you can just when you just see things go out and think, oh yeah, that was that's done. That's yeah. a thing of the list, and I didn't even have to touch it. <laughs> But it's a bit, it's been a massive learn for me. So it's taken me a while to learn that lesson. Mm. Well, it's because hard at the to. Beginning, you can't, you, when, you, when you set up your business, you haven't got the income coming in. Yeah. So you, I can't justify spending this money on other people doing stuff for me. And yet that would have been, that would have been the changer early on because then you can focus on what you're really good at. And that brings in, you know, clients and so forth. Yeah. I mean, my one non-negotiable at the beginning was an accountant because I just, yes, I have no passion to do the numbers. I would probably make a mistake and end up fined by HMRC. So yeah. it was just, a, you know what, someone else is doing that for me. Yeah. And then, like you said, that would take me weeks to do. And she can do it in like a couple of hours and yeah. done. <laughs> like, you wouldn't try and do your own brain surgery, would you really? No. I would hope, I would hope. <laughs> no or fly your own plane you'd get a pilot done it a few times before yeah yeah definitely I I remember once when we got on a plane and the pilot you know when they announced the name and whatever and he said he was called Rick Mayo well (laughs) everyone was looking at each other going oh there's a reference for the older people in the audience but like yeah I hope it's not that Rick Mayo we didn't need to know that (laughs) oh so finally um Pick a number between one and 24, and I'll ask you a question. It could be total nonsense. It could be sensible. We don't know. Eight. 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 My lucky eight. Oh, you're hosting a dinner party and must invite three three famous people. Who are they? Uh, Brenny Brown, Richard Branson, and Nelson Mandela, if they're allowed to be alive or dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not specified, but yeah. Or maybe, maybe oh. the Queen as well. Oh, if, right. If they have to be alive. <laughs> 
No, no, they can be they can be dead. I thought I suspected Brene would be on there, but yeah, oh, that's interesting. And funny enough, I was talking about Branson and yeah, stuff yesterday. I'd, I'd love to pick his brain, but yeah. Uh, yeah, what a mixture. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I haven't actually thought about the answer myself. I think Brene would be coming for me as well. She's going to get a lot of invites. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know who yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be honest, Jack Severetti is going to have to be on there because he's my love. A, a Italian singer, well, yeah. Italian English singer, yeah. Well, I haven't even gone down the music route. <laughs> no, but I'm just stalking him a little bit right now, so he's going to yeah. have to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great question though. So yeah. it's interesting the ones that come straight up your mind yeah. right off. I mean, if if I had longer, I'd probably think of you different people, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Neil Armstrong or something. That'd be interesting. Just you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. Fabulous. So do you want to tell us where it's best to find you, where people can connect with you? Yeah. So um, best thing on LinkedIn, I'm Lizzie Bur- Dr. Lizzie Burnthal. Uh, I've got my website. My business is Release Your Potential. So I'm just do- updating my website now. So it's rypotential.co.uk. Uh, and then Facebook, Lizzie Burnthal and Instagram at Lizzie Burnthal. And, but I'm actually, I'm really LinkedIn is my main platform. So that's the best way to, I, I do tinker with the others, but LinkedIn is where I'm on every day, a lot of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, I'll pop all the links below anyway, so people can yeah. go to whichever ones they're yeah. on. And is there anything you want to tell us about that you've got upcoming? Yeah, so I've got uh, an event on, how soon are you going to be publishing this? This will be on the, it'll be the end of May, beginning of June. Yes. So I have, I've got an event on the 12th of May, but that will be, that probably will be too early for this. So yes, and I've got a big event, a collaboration global event uh, in Warwick in UK. That's a face-to-face and it's online. So you can go online or face-to-face and that's on the 24th of June. Oh, fab. And what's that one about? It's all, it's called Altogether Different. We're, we're part of a collaboration global group and it's, it, we're just getting awesome people together globally to show how we can make a real difference. It's going to be oh. fantastic. So yeah, so it's going to be a hybrid event. We're going to be 50 or 60 or 100, however many people we want to join us in a room. Um, and then it's going to be transmitted globally with speakers coming in globally as well so that we can have a really united force to make a difference. Oh, that's fun. That sounds great. I'll have to have a sign up yeah. for that. I think I'm about, yeah, I'm back of holiday then, so that's good. Yeah, so I'll, um, I can send you the link. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fabulous. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I talked to you all joy. day, but that's a joy. Thank you so much for <laughs> the day. Yeah, really good and important topics. But yeah, it's been so informative. So thank you so much. That's well, great. Thank you. Fantastic. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll come back for more. Please do leave a review on your platform of choice and hit subscribe to be notified when the next episodes are available. And sign up to the Last Rung newsletter over at fallingofftheladder.com for more tips, inspiration and chats with those who have been there and tested the waters for you. If there's anyone in particular you'd like to hear on this podcast or topics discussed, do let me know and I'll see what I can do. Until next time, have a good week.